Good evening everyone again and welcome to Freedom. Come, let us reason together. That's the title of our topic. I was going to preach but uh, God has already confirmed his word through a number of people today. <laughs> uh, Mark came to me this morning and said something about what happened at the away day that uh, Somebody had a verse that kept coming to him. Was it three times you said? Every time he went out for a cigarette, he opened his book and it went to the same place. And it was a verse that was at the back of my mind that God was uh, talking to me about to prepare for today. So that was the first confirmation. And Rachel is just read what I was uh, <laughs> what I was gonna <laughs> so, so I believe uh, the job is done so <laughs> God bless you <laughs> right um, God calls us back to him we have all been called by God to come to him he says in uh, sorry, in Jeremiah chapter one, anyone who found it? I answered, O Lord God, I really do not know how to speak well enough for that, for I am too young. The Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young, but go to whomever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of those to whom I send you, for I will be with you. To protect you, says the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I will most assuredly give you the words you are to speak for me. Amen. So it, it goes back to what Rachel was reading, uh, what Rachel was talking about, about being afraid, that uh, we shouldn't be afraid, we should let God be in control. And he calls us to him so that we can take refuge in him, so that we can take that comfort in him of knowing that he is there for us. Uh, Mark said something about being lifted up, and I just uh, showed something to Paul that I had been reading again this afternoon about God being a rock for us to stand on. So another confirmation for you there, Mark. And... In Isaiah 1, verse 18, God says, Come, let us, come, let us take the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be as white as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat good things of the land. There is a warning, though, that comes with it. It says, But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen? So God is calling us to him, as well as him calling us to him, he is giving us a choice as well, to either to choose to stick with him, or to disobey. Keith said this morning, we've got two choices, to obey or to disobey. So it's up to you to decide whether you are in it with God, or you are out of it on your own but God will rather you be in it with him. 
He wants us to come to Him as we are. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what state you may think you are in. The grace is sufficient enough for you. The blood that was shed on Calvary was shed for every sin. It doesn't matter what you might think you have done. God's grace is there for you to wash you and forgive you. Not only does God offer to bargain with us, He offers to take away our baggage as well that we come with. He says in Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all you are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This was the scripture that kept popping out for this guy who went for a cigarette. And this is the scripture that God was saying, I am calling you to me so I can give you rest, so I can give you a burden that is lighter for you to carry. There is no heaviness in the burden that I give you. And my yoke is like, I'm not sure if uh, all of you know what a yoke is. A yoke is an instrument that was used uh, when the tractors were not about. They will <laughs> put it on two ox on two oxes to pull a plow. So that was made of wood and it was quite heavy. So imagine yourself carrying that. But God says, I want to give you a yoke that is lighter that you can carry. You, you have it on your neck, but you won't feel it because God is doing all the caring for you. You might be thinking, you might be sitting there thinking, well, I can't give this to God. It's too small. It doesn't really matter to God. I'll I'll deal with it myself. Well, I want to assure you that God cares about everything, no matter how small, no matter how minute you might think the issue is, but God still cares about it. Uh, I have a testimony I found about eight years ago. And it has had a real impact on my life. I'll ask Simon to come and read it. both the small and big miracles I need each day. One afternoon I needed to go to the post office to drop something in the mail for my granddaughter. I had intended to drive by the drop-in mailbox until I realised I didn't have a stamp. My car was parked in the huge parking lot at the Navy Centre on the campus of Oral Roberts University. As I headed into the car park, I prayed, Lord, you know Lindsay doesn't like me to drive and to get out of the car at night and the post office is about to close. I really need a postage stamp. Could you just get me one? The the Maybe Centre parking lot has thousands of parking spaces and it had been a windy day. 
I drove across the lot to our television studio and as I opened the car door and started to put my foot on the ground, right at my toe was a single postage stamp. I picked up the stamp, got back into my car and started to sob. Lord, you love me so much, I cried. Why do you always provide for me so well? The Lord said, you always ask. James 4.2 says, Ye have not, because ye have, have, ye ask not. So many times we say, Oh, I can't ask God for that, but why not? His word also says, Ask and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Don't be afraid to ask God for what you need, big or small. It gives God pleasure to give to his children, even if it is something as small as a postage stamp. Amen. So, this woman trusted God so much that God was faithful to her and provided a posted stamp for her. So, imagine what you think is too small for God. If he can provide for a posted stamp, what else can he not provide for? The mistake that we tend to do as humans is we take our burdens to God and give them to God. And before God has even had his attention to it, we take it away. And I go and give it to Rachel and expect Rachel to deal with it for me. But God is God. When you give him, leave it with him. It's up to him to deal with it. The thing is, God is sovereign. And how he deals with the situation is up to him. It's not up to you. Once you've given it to God, it's in his hands, period. You don't need to do anything about it anymore. You need to carry on living your life knowing that God has taken care of it. That is the reason why he loves you so much, so that he can take care of you. Jesus told us if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we will be able to say to the mountain, be ye moved and be cast into the sea, and the mountain will be moved. Jesus wasn't talking about physical mountains. He was talking about problems and situations that we may encounter in life. And it is up to us to have that faith. God has given us all a measure of faith, and it's up to us to exercise that faith. And when you exercise when you go to the gym to exercise, you become fit, you become to grow muscles. So when you exercise your faith, it will also begin to grow. It will also begin to work for you. You will see nothing will become impossible for you because God is in control and God is giving you that power that you need. So you need to put your trust in Jesus. He is there for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. When you do that, you need to give it 100% though. You can't be half in and half out. You can't be lukewarm. You are either cold or hot. You are either in or out. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. He says, 
in Matthew 16, I think that is, yeah. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? From when I was a, a, a little boy, I can remember the scripture. We, we were singing it as a song. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? And it, it got me thinking that really what else can I gain if I've lost my soul? I'd rather lose everything else and know that my soul has got a place to go at the end of life. So, how do we come back to God? The honest truth is, we can never come back to God on our own. God calls us back to him. He draws us to him. The scripture says in John 6:44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. I will raise them in the last day. It takes coming back to our senses. It takes coming realizing, I mean, it takes realizing that I am lost and I need to come back. Can I have my bin bags, please? <laughs> like, if I'm walking with baggage that way, this baggage will be on my shoulder until I realize that this is quite heavy on me. And unless I have the heart of repentance, this, this burden will stay on me. Rather than getting lighter, it will grow bigger and bigger. But when I come to my senses and realize that what I'm doing is wrong, what I'm doing is not pleasing God, and make that step of repentance and turn back and go the right way, will God start working in me? Will God start drawing me towards him? Because of all the creation that God has created, the human being is the only one that has got the willpower. And God cannot enforce his willpower on you. You have to make that conscious decision to come back to him. Once you have made that decision, God will then draw, back, draw you back to him. But unless you are willing to, draw, to, to be drawn back into God, you will stay where you are. God is not going to force himself on you. We, we can see this in the story of the prodigal son. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have got food and enough to spare, yet I'm dying here of hunger, yet I'm eating paws here with pigs. And he came to his senses, and then, after coming to his senses, he made that step, and he stepped out and headed towards home. And when he was far away, the father saw him. And when he saw him, he ran towards him. And 
I'm told that uh, it was uncustomary for a man of his stature to be seen running. Yet he ran towards his son, which shows how much damage his son being away had done to him. He felt the pain that when he saw him, even though he was miles away, he made that step to approach him. So no matter what your situation is, your heavenly father is watching out for you to come back and he is there with his arm wide open waiting for you to come so he can embrace you, so that he can put the ring in your finger, so that he can dress you in those nice clothes that are set aside for you. It doesn't matter what you have taken when you went away, but God has called you to come back to him so that you can have a future, so that you can have a life and have life more abundantly. Because he came so that we can have life and have life more abundantly. So that life is there for you. It's there for you to come and claim. You don't need to pay a price for it. And he says in Deuteronomy 19, or 3019, sorry, it says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I've said before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose life so that you and your children may live and you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he sought to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So we've got the choice to make. You've been given life or death. Our personal will choose life. I don't know about you. And you might ask the question, can I hide from God? Well, remember Jonah. He ran. He was sent to Nineveh and he decided he was going to run. And where did he end up? in a fish belly, and God sent him back where he, want, he wanted him to. And how many of us here know that God has called them and yet still decided to run? I'm sure quite a few of us have done that and God has found us where we've decided to run to. Listen to what David says about trying to hide from God. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I circle on the far side of the sea, even, if there, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness, the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even darkness Will not, be dark, will not be too dark for you, but the night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. That's Psalm 139 from verse 7. So I'll really urge us to do what seems to be quite reasonable. Instead of running from God, let's run to him. Let's call upon him while he is near. And whatever you've been called to do, you can't run away from. It says, God's gift and his call are irrevocable. So if you've been called, you've been called. 
the sooner you do it, the better it becomes for you. I, I, am, I am being honest. The sooner you do it, the better it becomes for you. Because you are living in obedience and there is no burdens around you. So, now what? Well, Rachel read for us from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 I'll read from. It says, Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written on it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So, whatever you're calling, God is there with you to hold you and guide you. He will not take you where his grace will not guide you. So, whatever you're calling, remember, God is there with you. And he is there for you. I don't think we will like it when we see the dead rising and taking our place while we are here alive. So I'll suggest we think about it and do what is right before we miss out. Because we have got a limited time. We, we have been told of what we've got to do. And there will be a time when there will be a drought of the word of God. And don't be caught in that drought. John 5:24 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but cross over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So, we are seeing things happening around us. And the Bible tells us, it's already warned us about the things that are happening in the world around us. And if we're not taking any notice of what's happening, then woe to us. Because because greater will be the suffering for us. John 10.3 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, sorry, when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Do you know your shepherd's voice. 
Do you know to tell between his voice and the stranger's voice? Do you know where to find his voice? His voice is here. When you spend time meditating on his word, you will hear his voice and you will know when he calls you. Because scripture tells us we will hear his voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. And scripture tells us that in his mind a man plans his ways, but God directs his steps. Are your steps directed by God? Have you got the right set nerve set for you? If you've got any other set nerve other than this, I'm sorry. You need to find your way around back to the proper set nerve. Because without this, we are lost and there is no hope for us. I was uh, set in university uh, on Thursday, I think it was, and uh, this gentleman comes, he's a Chinese chap, he, he comes into the room, he says he prays five times, and he comes to me and says, oh, what are you, are you a Christian? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry because there, there is no trinity. There is only one God. And I was laughing out of sorrow for him. But I, I am praying that God will reveal. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So I'm, I'm just praying for that chap that God will reveal to him. He says he prays five times and that praying five times is more of a ritual than anything because if he doesn't make it for the fourth time or the third time, it's a problem for him. But my God is there with me always and I don't need to set a timetable when to pray. I talk to him all the time. So, I urge you, brothers and sisters, that today when you hear the word of the Lord, do not harden your heart. Turn your eyes back to him and make sure they are pleasing. Ask yourself this question. If you were to die in the next 24 hours, is your name written in the book of life? Have you walked this walk for a reason, or has it just been a waste of time? Take time to sort things with the Lord. Take time to prepare your way, because we're living in borrowed time. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. And he says, come, come, let us reason together. He says, come, I love you as you are my child. First Peter 5.10 And God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you 
and make you strong and firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen.